You're listening to City Church Long Beach Sermons Podcast. You can visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. Time, but every once in a while, there's like a dinner where we all sit down and we've done the whole thing to get all of us seated at the, seated at the table and have food in front of us. And it's a whole big hassle sometimes, right? And in the midst of that, one of us will invoke the tradition, which is just to look someone across the table dead in the eyes and say, hey, I love you. And that institutes a whole chain. Everybody has to make eye contact with everybody at the table. Hey, I love you. And that song, didn't that feel like that? Are you feeling that this morning? God looking at you and saying, hey, I love you. Some of you may not even know what to do with that this morning. And that's okay. Name it, right? Man, what do I do with this God who looks me dead in the eyes? Says, I see you and I love you. Um, you know, with that super light intro, uh, I'm Brenna Rubio. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, I'm one of the co-pastors here at City Church of Long Beach, where we are a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. And whether you're here on Zoom or here in person, um, we're just really glad to be here with you um, on this rainy, unexpected morning. What other unexpected things might happen as we all sit here together? I don't know, but I'm really curious to find out. So thank you. Thank you for being part of this service here this morning. Um, we are going to have kids ministry in a minute. And so the kids who are junior high, middle school, and up, you're going to stay here with us. And everybody from fifth grade down, you're going to be able to go. And of course, you will not be playing in the rain. Um, some of you may be a little sad about that. I'm sorry. Um, but fifth graders and down, you are going to go with your teachers in a second and be in the classroom. And there's going to be some good, good stuff for you to do and talk about together. Um, our our friend and leader, Serena Bakru, is going to come up and pray for the kids before they go. So would you welcome Serena? Good morning, everyone. Let us pray. Oh, dear God, thank you for bringing us here this morning, whether in person or on Zoom. And we just want to bless our children, the children who just bring so much light and joy into our lives on all types of moods and occasions. They are still a light and just bring us so much happiness. Um, we pray that our children just receive God's word and God's love every day. We pray for the parents, teachers, guardians, all the people who are near children who can mm -hmm. really touch their lives and show them guidance and love and kindness, um, something that we all need every day. So as we venture out in this kind of crazy California weather, we just pray mm -hmm. for safety and love and um, good blessings every day for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Serena. So elementary kids, you're going to go out with Serena and Miss Katie, and um, you're going to have some fun. And older kids, if you are middle school and above, you're going to want to stay here today, okay? Older kids, go ahead and stay with us. And hey, would you welcome up Bill? Bill White, our other co-pastor here at City Church Long Beach. Hi. <laughs> um, as the kids are all getting ready to go out in the rain, um, 
I was thinking about a story this morning, and it's what I'm going to call a compilation story. You know how, you know, sometimes it's like you're reading a book, it's like a fictionalized work, and it's like, you know, no names or, you know, places or, these are, this is all fictionalized. Well, this isn't fictionalized, but it's like, it's a collective story, because it really represents um, conversations that I've had with a good handful of people over the last year, and probably Bill has had some really similar conversations. It's a type of conversation where I'm taking a walk with someone, and they are telling me about a big life change in front of them, a relationship that's not working out the way they thought, and they had, they'd invested time and energy in that relationship, or a job that they've spent decades in and they're saying i have to pivot like this isn't this isn't working for me anymore and and so they're sharing about it and we hit this point in the conversation where they are like and i feel like such a loser i feel like i am i'm 40 years old how can i be 40 years old or whatever the age is and about to start over and I get it, right? Like, I, I get where that's coming from. And yet, inevitably, also at that point in the conversation, I'm always going, okay, that's one way that we could understand this story. But man, there's another way where I look at you and I'm like, wow, you're so courageous. You're, you're, you're tough. You're amazing. You're honest. You're adventurous. I want to be a 40-year-old like you not done yet right not settling for a love that isn't really love not settling for a job that is just flattening you that you're still being you're being bold you're making choices you're you're engaging the reality of everything going on in your heart like i guess you could look at yourself and tell yourself the story that you're you're a loser or somehow you're broken I just want you to know that's not what I see, right? This is actually amazing. You're awesome. And I have these conversations pretty frequently. Bill, yeah? Yeah, these are the conversations, right? Our story today, the scripture that we're going to be looking at as we engage this whole Lent season, this season of seeking and wondering and asking honest questions, it's that kind of story. It's a story of somebody who's going like, I think I'm supposed to have it all figured out. And I don't know what to do with the fact that I don't. Probably wasn't feeling super great about himself. It's, it's a story of a man named Nicodemus. And we're going to have up on a slide here an artistic rendering of how Nicodemus may have experienced this moment in his life this conversation that he had with Jesus in the, in the dark, in the middle of the night. Uh, this picture is called Renaciamento. I practiced that. I think I did okay. I was working on it. And it's by an artist named Carmel Bogolin. And what you're going to notice in this image of Nicodemus is clearly not a baby, right? middle-aged, maybe especially in that time, leaning towards elderly, right? He's an adult, full-grown. And yet what we see is that he's in a position of, of vulnerability. 
metaphorical nakedness as he comes into this conversation with Jesus. And, and the sense of, of chaos is actually the imagery of a womb, of being in the gestation process, which we're going to talk more about. But my friends that I've had these conversations with, I think they might resonate with this image, right? The sense of, I'm trying to wrestle with the tension of like, I feel like I should be somehow all done. I should be all grown up. And yet I'm still in the process of becoming. And maybe you resonate with that this morning too. Some piece of your own soul is still in the process of becoming. Uh, the artist wrote this about her work. Jesus challenges Nicodemus's seeking in the night with a call to be born again. That's what the title means, rebirth. It's not just improvement, but transformation. Not simply resuscitation of what is and was, but a complete resurrection of what could and will be. That's what we're talking about this morning, rebirth and the potential for transformation in seasons where we are deeply uncomfortable. Uh, so our friend Christine Kim is going to come up and read for this morning. Would you guys welcome Christine? And then for those of you here in person, if you'd be willing to stand up with us in honor of the reading of God's word. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. People of God, this is the word of God. Thank you so much, Christine. So this is that, uh, that classic passage where you get the phrase born again from, um, and we're not going to well, there, there's, there's a lot of unpacking that could, that could go on with that. And some of us, that, that phrase even kind of triggers some stuff from our past. How about that John 3.16 verse? Like that John 3.16 verse. And, you know, because around City Church, a lot of folks have come out of some, some situations where they felt like religion was used to control and or to dominate. Uh, and so we... As we come in, just so you know, we're trying to come in with this, this lens of seeking, this lens of, of questioning, being curious, like, what does the Bible say? What is Jesus about? And that's, that's going to be our approach here. And so as we, as we look at Nicodemus showing up to talk with Jesus, we just, we want to kind of be gentle mm -hmm. with our, ourselves, with mm -hmm. with with you and say well what's it like for him what's going on here this is not some you know firebrand preaching you have to be born again message that's not the idea but this is in the bible and it's actually a really beautiful picture mm. so we don't we don't have to be 
you know, for those of us who, who, who have some baggage with the Bible and with religion, that's okay. That's fine. That's part of the reason why you're here. So let's, we'll do a little bit of unpacking, is, is my hope. Um, and that might include me. <laughs> so the, the passage starts off with this line, John 3, 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. So that's who's showing up. And so he, he's a Pharisee. He's a member of the Jewish ruling council. We'll unpack that in just a second. But, but listen to how he thinks of himself. In the next verse, he says to Jesus, Rabbi, which is teacher, we know that your teachers come from God and all this other stuff. He, he says we. He's coming out of a context and showing up here with Jesus. And he's acknowledging, like, I, I come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. I come from a, a, a we. And the context we just read is that he's Jewish. He's a ruler, part of the Sanhedrin, which is this group of 70 elders, male, who kind of ran the Jewish religion sort of in, in, uh, in Jerusalem. And, and he's a Pharisee, which is a particular brand, uh, like a, to be like an evangelical or post-evangelical. It's kind of a, uh, a flavor of his religion. And there's a sense in which it, it, it's helpful to remember that the Bible gives context. We, we all come from somewhere into our religious conversations. Hmm. Nicodemus came from somewhere. He showed up and he said, we, we kind of are thinking this about you. We're not, we're not sure. And each one of us comes from somewhere here today. Right? We, and we have a little bit of, you could call it luggage. Or another word, like baggage, right? But I mean, we, we come with some stuff, some encoded ways of thinking, kind of a cultural context. It might be some, some of our family context. It could be some of our religious background. Um, notice with Nicodemus, it, rec- it, it, it recognizes his sort of political, kind of some of his prestige. Right? He's obviously also male. And, and so the scripture is going to notice some of these. There's some intersectionality here as well, because you know, he's from the Jewish ruling council. And, and Israel at this time is actually owned by Rome. Okay, so it's a, it's a client state. It's a colony Right. And so within his his religion, he's a person of some power and prestige. And yet he's also part of an oppressed group. He's actually part of a majority culture. He's male, but he's also, you know, so there are all these different things going on. And he's showing up and we show up here today. And it's all OK. You, you come from where you come from. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you bring that with you. 
and it's okay. And as he does so, you know, that, that first question he asks is not really a question, right? He says, we know you're a teacher from God because you're doing all these things. He doesn't actually ask a question. Um, it's kind of funny. He just sort of shows up and he's, he just sort of stumbles around, <laughs> which I, I feel like that's a lot of our experience in, in trying to find God. Maybe you can relate to this. Like, you, I don't know if I, like, I don't know what my questions are, but I think they're there. So I think I'm going to show up and maybe, maybe something will get answered. <laughs> Even though I'm not exactly sure what they are. And then maybe along the way, you find out some more of that. I, I mean, it, we, we kind of are stumbling, <laughs> stumbling towards God on this journey with Nicodemus. And again, that's okay. One of the things that the, the passage is very clear about is as we recognize the community we're coming out of, as we recognize the things we're carrying with us, and as we're stumbling around trying to sort out God, it's risky. Mm. There's actually a lot to lose. It's, mm. it's Jesus, and Jesus is he's he's scandalous. He's causing a, a ruckus back in the day. And so Nicodemus sort of sneaks off to, to find him and, and has this conversation. He's not sure what he's doing, but he knows that if he gets too involved, it will mess up his life. And I suspect a lot of us, we know that too. If we get, like, if we actually get connected or reconnected to God, mm -hmm. it might change us. It might change our priorities. It might change how we think about other people or about ourselves. It might change some of what we do with our time and our bodies. And I'm not talking about some new like purity culture that oh like oh you now you're gonna have to do everything right that's it's not that like I think of myself and I think of a, a number of years ago realizing that Jesus kept teaching about equity and like economic justice and I had tried to ignore this for a long time because it's very uncomfortable. Mm. Like what we do with our money, how we think of, of economic policy and how we approach people from different socioeconomic classes. And I realized like I just kept putting Jesus off. And I had a few moments where I was like sort of wandering around like Nicodemus, like, uh, so Jesus, you and money. Wow, that's so interesting right? In conversations with some people, in conversations with some authors. I'm like, wow, that book, that looks so, I don't know if I really want to read that book. That looks dangerous. Like, oh, but it's so, you know, and I'm like wandering around with, with Jesus because I know there's something at stake. Hmm. And maybe you do too, because something is at stake, a lot. 
I, this week I had a funny meeting with a, with a guy, he's a pastor at a, at a big fancy church, um, maybe 30 miles from here, uh, big fancy church. And, uh, and he, I met him at this, this, um, this group that's talking about LGBT inclusion, right, in the church. And he was, he, he was like, yeah, I was, I was really bummed because I was really hoping no one was going to find out that I came to this LGBT inclusion thing because my job. And I saw a guy there that I knew, and he knew one of the other pastors at my, and he was like so bummed, right? Anyway, so he wanted to follow up, and he, he, we sit down, and I literally don't know what we're talking about. He's like, hey, maybe we could like get, a, get together. So he wanted to drive out of his county to join me in my county. Um, under the cover of darkness. <laughs> maybe under the cover of darkness. You know, it's like, no, I'd love to drive 30 miles away from my church to meet you. And so we sit down and I'm like, hi. And he starts his story. It's just like this. It's just like me. And it might just be like you. He's like, so, gosh, it's so interesting. I spent time with this like ethnic minority group uh, in, in these travels. And it, it just, it was just so interesting. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> he's like, I, I just, you know, cause, cause our church doesn't really talk about, you know, race. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. Like, I don't know what we're talking about, but he, you know, it's obviously he's like, and then like, um, like I met a gay person at our, at our church. Like, wow, there are gay people out there and they go to church. So he's like, yeah, I, you know, I didn't know, but I realized I kind of, I kind of wanted to like, 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 like welcome him. <laughs> and so he's like articulate, he's like my, my, like, like, <laughs> it was just so funny. And so I, I literally thought it was terrible. It was mean, but I'm a mean and terrible person. I'm like, I want to let you know, this is so great. And you're going to lose your job. <laughs> I was like the that's like the first thing I said to him. I'm like, I'm, I'm, that's so great, and you're going to lose your job. Um, and so this is how you think about transitions, and this is how you you know. It was just this fun conversation, but it literally it was this, right? It was there's stuff at it costs something. Mm. You're coming out of a community. You're bringing that with you. And you're encountering Jesus in some new and different ways, and it's awkward, and you're stumbling around. You don't know what you're doing. I'm like, I, yeah, I, I know. I'm still figuring it out. And Jesus is here, and he's, this is what he's talking with you about. Hmm. I mean, you showed up at church today. I don't know why. It was raining. I mean, you're on Zoom. Like you, I mean, you could watch TV, but you're no, you're not. You're watching church. Not nearly as entertaining, but here you are. Like, why? Maybe there's something going on. Hmm. But be careful. It's risky. It's so interesting, right? Because on the one hand, this past week and plenty of other conversations, there are the conversations with the pastors, right? Saying like, it's, it's these conversations. Man, God's doing something really good. And yeah, it may, it's going to cost something. And we have conversations with our queer friends all the time, right? Saying, wow, often 
you guys here, right? You create this, people come and, and maybe they've never had the opportunity to see this many queer people in the same room, loving God and each other, right? And part of what you're doing in that moment is saying, hey, we know you're gonna lose something if you come out. We know there's a community that you have not experienced love and inclusion and acceptance from. And that's so scary. And we want you to know that there's gonna be a safe place for you, that there still is love available. And in both situations, right? Rebirth, goodness, but a lot of discomfort. I've never totally known what to do with this story. And well, actually, let me, I'm sanitizing that. I'm trying to make myself sound better. Um, I've been judgy about this story in the past. I'm an Enneagram one, I'm judgy. Nicodemus crawling through the night. Such a coward, doesn't want anybody to see him. I'm sorry, I'm, I am, I'm judgy sometimes. What a brave step Nicodemus was taking. He had questions he didn't know, even know how to articulate. And yeah, he didn't feel safe. He knew Jesus was risky. Being honest about this thing growing inside of him, these questions, it was risky. And it was so brave of him. How did I never see that before? And that darkness, that was a gift to him, giving him the safe space that he needed to reach out and make contact. That verse with those words that for some of us are difficult to hear without importing all this stuff, I wonder if we can, we can see it differently today together. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again of water and the spirit. What if that space that Nicodemus was sitting in with Jesus, what if that was a womb-like space? If that isn't part of what was happening, Jesus being able to sit with Nicodemus in this space of, of becoming, the darkness actually wrapped around them in a way that created some separation, right, from the rest of life a space to pause, engage the questions, a space of intimacy and trust. We need that sometimes, don't we? It's why we go on retreats sometimes, because we've got to pull away a bit. Um, or something's happening, and man, we got to go take that walk along the beach. Or even just Maybe take a bath, curl up in our bed, whatever it is, right? That we need, we need that space of becoming, that womb-like protected space. And so I'm actually, I'm reading it for the first time really and saying like, thanks God that Nicodemus had that space, that he had Jesus to sit with him and say, yes, let's ask those questions. Let's be patient with this process. Be patient with all of these things 
going on in our heart. And I didn't write it down. There's a great quote by this guy named Rilke. You can look it up later. But he talks about being patient and living into our questions. And that piece I actually think is important too, this living into. You know, Brene Brown, I'm, I'm just all about the quotes that I don't have written down. They're not going to come up here. Um, <laughs> but she talks about becoming as a birthing process and that what she hoped faith would be for her was an epidural. Right? She hoped that faith and the church would be an epidural, that she would come into this womb-like space and have all the pain just taken away, right? And instead what she found was that faith was more like a midwife saying, breathe, push, we'll get through this, right? There is birth, there is rebirth on the other side. It's okay. I'm here. I'm with you. Um, you know, we are creating the logo for this series week by week. Uh, Dia Rubio, my child, uh, is, is helping as our, our resident artist creating this image. And last week we had the eye that was created just to represent our seeking. And, and today it's just, a, just a, that curved line added onto the line, representing a veil the sense of mystery and, and confusion that we sit in sometimes. Perhaps you could imagine, I almost can think of it as a tent, this, this space that Nicodemus was sitting in with Jesus, intimate and close. It could also be a shroud, because sometimes it does hurt. You wanna be numb, right? Because it's, it feels like you're dying. As that artist quote, that we read before, before you can be resurrected, you die, right? And sometimes that's what it, we're dying to certain aspects of our life. And yet on the other side, if we'll keep breathing, if we'll keep pushing, keep working with our midwife, something new coming into the light, being born, there is a poem written for this week, and I am going to make just a brief shout out. Um, if you love poetry, uh, we have started just a, a chat-based online group um, for people who want to read and even write some poems together over this Lent season. That's in the digital handout if you want to explore that. Um, but the poem for this week was, I thought, so beautiful. I wanted to invite you guys just to listen for a second. Feel free to shut your eyes. Uh, if you'd like to, but to really sit in this, like, yeah, what, what does God want to birth in me? Where am I becoming? I'm not sure exactly how we begin again, but I know that moths wrap themselves in silk. And after quite some time, after many long nights, after days spent alone, they break out of their shell. They pull themselves out under open sky, and they spend the rest of their days chasing the light. Maybe it's always that way with beginnings. Maybe it feels like the protective layer falling away. Maybe we have to go it alone at first. Maybe it feels like pulling 
and dragging yourself into something new. Maybe there's always open sky at the other end. So uh, we get to hear a story this morning of a friend who's uh, been on this journey. Many of us have, but uh, if you'd welcome with me, Alex Alvarado. Thank you for your willingness to come up here and let your one stand Hi guys. right here, dead center, oh, baby. You can't get away. You got a pastor on both sides. Oh, wow. you, okay. you, you can try to run, but you can't hide. Um, okay. So, so Alex, how long have you been around City Church, more or less? Uh, next year will be a year. Yeah, it'll be one year next month. Next, next month. month. Next, next month. Yeah, next yeah, month yeah. will be a year. Okay. That's next I'm month. Doing. That's awesome. All right. All right. And why did, like, how or why did you show up around City Church? Um, my uh, my sister-in-law's cousin, she she brought us here um, after my niece got engaged. She was like, do you guys want to go to church tomorrow? And I was just like, sure, let's, let's go. You know, we've been trying to go to church for years, so we decided to give it a try and yeah, here we are now. <laughs> so you kind of get stuck. We didn't stuck. scare you off. No, no, Bill scared me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he invited me to potluck, and that's yeah. That, that I was like, oh no, about that one. Alex is such a good cook, though. <laughs> so potluck is on Tuesday night this week. You're welcome to come. Maybe okay. Alex will show up and cook, and it'll be great. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you so you showed up and you yeah. stuck around City Church, but before coming to City Church, it seemed like, if I recall correctly. Mm -hmm. It kind of been a, a longer season of some darkness and some struggle and yeah so i was i've been an, i was an addict for about 10 years um so and i've just been sober for now going on a year and like four four months okay now. So, yeah and you know it's it, it was a uh, it was hard it got worse progressively and like during during the pandemic when mm -hmm. we were isolated from everyone just got progressively worse you know so um lost i almost uh lost my husband because of drugs mm -hmm. almost lost my life been almost overdosed a few times and wow. ended up in the hospital because i was attacked so yeah it's been it's been the season it's been the struggle you yeah. know yeah. yeah thanks man mm. um so in this season of darkness mm -hmm. um there was also some goodness there were some questions that you started to ask yeah. there were some moments of like clarity even like or what what do i want or who i like how to, like yeah. what were some of those key moments what were some of the key questions if, if there's a kind of turning point yeah. or maybe a couple i don't know how you want to yeah so there's there was a few times where i remember you know getting high with a no friends, you know, if you mm -hmm. want to call them that. Yeah. Uh, and really thinking to myself, um, this is all I'm going to be. Am I just going to be an addict for the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. Am I just, is this all I'm going to be made for? And so I kind of like got my, got my head a little bit and, yeah. you know, it's, it stuck with me because, you know, I was, I wasn't raised to be, I wasn't raised about bad people. I was always kind of raised to be a decent person, yeah. you know, so um, being an addict and being in that situation kind of made me think, am I this person? Mm -hmm. Am I mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just going to be this until I die? So mm -hmm. it kind of made me think about where I want to be in the future and if yeah. I want to actually live a life with, a, yeah. with true people who are actually my friends, you know, yeah. actually my family. 
you know, mm -hmm. so, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So in, in, in a sense, there was even in, in that womb of darkness, there was kind of the beginnings of rebirth. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, it was hard. I mean, it, it sounds like there was a lot of pain, if it, I remember. There was. There was a lot of pain. I remember talking to someone um, about, you know, we're talking about the Bible and we're talking about God and Jesus and all these stories. And just think to myself, I'm like, this feels wrong because how much of it were you high at the time oh yeah i was very much high I, <laughs> okay I, I this was one of those moments where i was i probably wasn't as, i've been awake for a good five six days oh wow so you know it's one of those days where you know not a lot of things make sense you know yeah. days kind of blended in i didn't know which mm -hmm. way was up but there was a bible and we were talking about the bible we started you know you know talking about stories and you know deciphering them and so coming to church and trying to get right with God is kind of hard because it's a it's attached to a lot of um negativity mm -hmm. and it's another layer of baggage yeah 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 appreciate you man um what's uh has there been a moment or two of where you felt like like that poem like the skies were actually opening up a little bit i mean i'm not asking for like everything's all better and this yeah and the you other, know a giant but... rainbow came down <laughs> um no no it, it it was it wasn't more it like, wasn't... We're, we're just giving you hope like where, yeah. where are those moments like there was where... there was moments where you know i'll be just you know in my room or you know talking with my with my husband or whatever and there'll be like a little be brief moment of like happiness and like i'm like you know what i could get better yeah. this could this could not be you know i could be more you know yeah. so yeah you know it's just it's not like you know rainbows and sunshine it's like literally like a cloud passed by like oh perfect and it's gone now <laughs> you know, that, that's that's more what that's more yeah. what it is for me yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. so right. it's more like it's like those brief like you know little pockets of light that yeah. i kind of hold on to you know yeah i see it yeah yeah um well i just i just want to pause and i want to say on behalf of your church mm -hmm. we're really proud of you yeah it's a long journey and there might just be small patches of light but maybe you know i don't know if you heard but twice these people gave you a huge round of applause it feels weird yeah, <laughs> yeah but i think i like we didn't like we didn't plan that yeah you know like i like maybe you're loved yeah, yeah maybe yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right give it up for alex you're awesome dude it's amazing. So, but that's that's the courage of Nicodemus, right? It's like showing up, like, no, I don't have all the answers. You know, I'm just coming out of it. I'm just, you know, there there are bits of light here and there. So much courage, right? It's so beautiful. It's just so beautiful. Yeah. Alex, I deeply appreciate that. And I really loved that final maybe. Don't you think faith is more of a maybe than I know for sure? You know for sure there's no faith involved. 
Thank you for the maybe. Thanks for living into the maybe. Showing us how to do it. There's a quote uh, that I heard for the first time this week. I felt help me just think about this, and especially that, that John 3.16 verse, this all wrapped up with, God so loved the world, gave Jesus so that whoever believes. And the quote goes like this. It's by a guy named Marcus Borg. Uh, it says, to believe in God is to beloved God. Faith is about beloving God and all that God beloves. Like we're right back to that song we sang way at the beginning, right? That had us all going, whoa, God loves us. God loves Alex. God loves Bill and Joe and Tiger and Barbara and Ian. And whoever beloves what God beloves, that's the step. That's the process. That's the journey and the invitation. You know, Nicodemus's story, we don't get an ending right there, right? Like he's still on, this is kind of the, towards the beginning of Jesus' ministry, really, right? Which is, we think about three years uh, that Jesus was in this sort of public ministry before his death and resurrection. And, and so Nicodemus, we think, is kind of, the story seems to come towards the beginning. And it's kind of a cliffhanger. It's not like we know what happened after he came and he had this, this really intense meeting with Jesus in the middle of the night. It doesn't say like he went home and sold everything and came back and started following Jesus around, Right? Sometimes journeys happen that way, but a lot of times it's a slower process. A lot of times we simmer for a while, right? Things percolate inside us. Gestation does not happen overnight. It's a journey, becoming and developing. But you know, Nicodemus is, he does show up again in the Jesus story. He shows up when Jesus has died because he helps Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea to bury Jesus. Doesn't that seem to indicate some love? We don't know that Nicodemus prayed a prayer of repentance, right? That he said some kind of magical words. We know that he showed up. We know that he lived out his love. And he did that in the broad daylight, two or three years later. Loving is active. Rebirth is active. We live into our questions and God loves us the whole time and invites us into this journey of be loving ourselves and all the people around us. Whatever your questions are today, we hope you'll hold them gently as well. Our friend